Hello friends, my name's Matt. And I'm Alex, and this is That Cuts Deep. How many people do you know that actually want to be behind the chair for the rest of their life? I would say very few. I can think of a few, but very few. Especially, probably nobody that's my age. I don't think that's something that hairstylists think about whenever they enter the industry. Like, what they're going to do long term. Everybody thinks about, you know, oh, I'm going to be cutting hair. This is, like, what I'm doing. But But when you're a young stylist in the industry, you don't think about getting burnt out. You don't think of getting tired of doing what you're doing. You think that that's just what you're going to do. Right. But then you do it for... Six, seven, ten, fifteen years. Yeah. Your body fucking hurts. You realize that it's rough on your mentality to always try and impress other people. Yeah. Live up to people's expectations. It's a tough industry, friends. If you're a part of this industry, I get the fucking struggle. (laughs) If you're a part of this industry, then... Cheers to you for putting up with some brutal shifts. I'm sure you've had. I feel like we've all had days where our career feels like so rewarding and we want to do it. But then for me, a lot lately, I'm realizing that I sometimes stand on my feet for 10 hours and I'm like quite literally limping when I leave work. Me after today. (laughs) And like, (laughs) dude, I straight up, I love what I do. I enjoy cutting hair, but it is not something that I feel incredibly passionate about. But I will say it's always kind of been that way for me. It's gotten you somewhere. I mean, I'm good at what I do. Right. But it doesn't give me the fulfillment that I want in my life. And I guess being only 24 years old, I think that I eventually want to feel that fulfillment. I just haven't yet learned what that's going to be. It also, being behind the chair in most cases, I, I won't say all because I haven't done my research, but In most cases, being behind the chair doesn't create generational wealth, you know? And that's something I'm trying to have. And being behind the chair... It can definitely put you well off. But it's not going to put your kids' kids well off. Right. It will allow you to have a successful life, but I don't think that it's going to be like beneficial for your kids and your kids kids you know so what you want to create is generational wealth fuck yes absolutely (laughs) i want generational wealth i want my i want the best for i mean who knows if i'm even gonna have fucking kids one day i don't know maybe and if i do then i want them to be wealthy and i want them Fuck yeah, I want generational wealth for sure. But I haven't yet figured out how I'm going to get there, but I think I'm on the right path. I can feel it. Yeah, I agree. I've re- like I've known you for so long, and I've always known you to say that 
you are going to be rich one day. You don't know how, but you just know it. And yeah. I think that that is like the first step in like manifesting your dream life. Yeah, I agree. You literally believe that you're going to be rich. How long have I said that? I've said that for years. You've always said Our that. Our entire friendship. I've always said, bitch, I'm going to be rich one day. But it's not going to be from being behind the fucking chair. I can tell you that much. Okay. Can we dissect that though? Yeah. Why do you... Because I know, for me, I know why I don't want to be behind the chair forever. And we can get into that. But why don't you want to be behind the chair forever? So, I'm very passionate about what I do. And I love the freedom that I have in my career. But, kind of like I've said previously, I don't feel that being behind the chair is going to create the wealth for the type of life that I desire. Okay, so, so is it only financial? Is that the only reason that you don't see being, like, behind the chair? That's a big part in it, yeah. Also, it's because I've just done this for a really long time, and I don't know, I feel like it's time to pick up new hobbies. It's time to do something different, you know? Dude, if like, podcasting isn't a new hobby, I don't know what is. Exactly. I definitely spent enough time on it to call it a hobby. I love it so much. It is a blast, and... You know, I do enjoy taking clients and, and living that life. But after a certain amount of time, you do that day in and day out. You just get so used to your schedule and you live the same life every day. I mean, think about it. Like, what day is different from the next when you go in and you're you're doing your clients? I mean, yeah, you do have your really good days where you have, like, your great clients. Your favorite clients all come in. Your favorite clients yeah, all come in. that's interesting because I kind of agree. Like, I have a lot of clients that I, like, really enjoy seeing regularly, and I like cutting their hair. But I find myself just super bored in my career. It's just yeah. I don't have, like, anything to work for because – Honestly, at least being, I, I like the hair industry. I don't think I'll ever leave the hair industry. I'll always work with it in some way, but I can't physically handle being behind the chair forever. My mind, it does not stimulate my mind anymore. Right. And it's not that I can't learn. Like I can continue to learn. I love to go like to a hair show, you know, stuff like that. That sounds amazing. Right. But just work in general doesn't interest me anymore. I completely agree. And it's because I feel capped off in my career. Okay. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. That's that's the reason why. Dude, I think that's why a lot of stylists get burnt out, especially with now. It's so easy to gain a clientele because we have the internet at I our mean, fingertips. Yeah, think about it too. Think about how many stylists work for private salons, you know. Like privately owned salons. Exactly. No, like. How room. far can you really move up? Right. You can definitely like increase your. Um, prices and make more money right but you have to really love doing hair to find fulfillment and working behind the chair all the time especially at a private owned salon like I think that they're awesome and they're great and a lot of the time like working for a private owned salon is like a really good thing for your career if you're gonna be behind the chair for a really long time but 
that for me would just end up being boring. Yeah, I feel like you can only go so far. You're still going to be behind the chair. Right. You know, so it's like for me, I'm still behind the chair after seven years of experience. That to me, I mean, you know, that's a pretty good amount of time and that's a pretty good amount of experience if I want to take that somewhere. But also it's time for me to do something else. I'm tired of the whole technical thing. Like, I still want to be in the beauty industry. I love it. I actually feel the exact same way. I'm like over that part. I love the industry that I work in. It's something that I've grown very passionate about and I hold near and dear to me. It's literally become part of who I am. Right. But, like, I need some direction. I need, I guess, maybe to do some, like, soul searching. What do you think, if you could do anything in the beauty industry, like, if nothing in your life currently mattered, right, your career currently, what you were doing, none of that mattered, you could just pick an immediate alternate route. What would you take, aside from the podcast, obviously, because that's what we're doing, but... What would you do if you had the opportunity to just switch it up and do whatever the fuck you wanted to in this industry? What would you do? Oh, that's so hard because I have a couple things. I'm going to tell you two. Okay. So my first one is probably I would love to educate stylists, but not like in a cosmetology school. That right. working as an instructor at a cosmetology school sounds awful to me. Yikes. That just sounds... Like a bunch of knowledge and book stuff in my brain. Thinking about how I was as a student in cosmetology school, I would hate to fucking, like, try to coach or teach someone like me. I was a fucking shit. Yeah, but to be fair, you did it as a teenager. I feel like at a cosmetology school where people are paying for it, they probably take it a lot more seriously than we did in high school. Very true. But, but I was thankful that we got our education through high school because, yeah, bitch, we didn't have to pay for that shit. It's true. <laughs> yeah. I'm so thankful I was able to get licensed the way that I did. Because, honestly, I don't know that I would be doing hair if I didn't get my license in high school. Same. Honestly. I don't... Here's the thing. I never really... Wait. I don't think I've ever asked you this question. I just thought of something to ask you. Okay. Did you always know, and I don't know how I don't fucking know this about you. We've been friends for so long and I don't know this about you. Did you always know that you wanted to do hair or how did that come about? I don't think I've ever fucking asked you that question. Oh my God. I'm going to expose myself in our entire friendship. No, I no part of me, even when I went to cosmetology class as a 16 year old, thought that I was ever going to do hair. Then I literally told my you... teacher she was so mad this day. I remember and I feel bad now, but it was my like senior year. We were working on like studying for our state boards and I literally said something to the effect of I don't I'm not even going to do ha- hair anyways. Like this is pointless. And she looked at me and she was so mad and like dude, I was being a jerk. Like I will fully admit like Wow. But yeah, no, I honestly, I took a gap year after I graduated high school and I worked in a salon and then I went to college for a short period of time. And well, here you are. Here I am. (laughs) I dropped out. I kept doing hair and this is six years later. I mean, honestly, same. I fucking went to college for a little bit, realized college wasn't for me, kept doing hair because 
let's be real. Okay, if you're a part of the hair industry, if you do hair and you're actually passionate about it and you do enjoy being behind the chair to some extent, you that kind of fire that you have for the career in the very beginning, it overcomes everything else. It's like, you know what? I don't give a fuck that my entire family is doctors. Theoretically, my entire family is not doctors. But (laughs) I don't give a fuck that my entire family is doctors. I'm going to be a hairstylist. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) that is the immediate, like, another, honestly, and maybe this is something that I could be more proactive and, like, fighting against. But another reason I think subconsciously I decided that I didn't want to do hair my whole life behind the chair was the stigma the stipulation behind, behind being a fucking yeah, hairstylist dude. yeah fuck that fuck dude everyone's opinion of being a hairstylist and being behind the chair okay first of all i get it you know i get it because i'm also sitting here like i don't want to be behind the chair forever but also it's like people's opinion of you when you tell them that you're a hairstylist they're immediately just like all right well when's that shindig over with right you're on it's like oh well, what are you doing next right <laughs> It's like, what do you mean? What, what do you mean? <laughs> this is my career. This is what I'm Sir, doing. Sir, this is my career. <laughs> I hate when I get asked, are you a college student? Like, right. no. no. I'm a college dropout. Thank I'm you. I'm a college dropout. But I probably, hear me out. How many people our age do you know that went to college, graduated college, started working in the field that they have a degree in, and make enough money to not only pay their debt, but also support themselves. Versus someone who was a hairstylist who immediately started working either A, right after high school or shortly after. How long do you have to spend in hair school? Not that fucking long. I think long. it varies by state, but it's not that long. It's exactly. less than a year usually. Immediately start making money. I mean, you got to think about it. All these people who, there's this whole stigma behind hairstylists not making money, not having a career we be out there making fucking money. Oh, yeah. No, we just I make don't, great money. We just don't want to be doing that until we're fucking 50. Because right. Because it is long hours, like such long hours. And it is hard on your body. And it is mentally draining. And I can't speak for like men's hair per se. But I can say when I did women's hair and I spent hours and hours and hours on something and they weren't completely happy my entire day was ruined like it was the worst feeling in your stomach not to mention i know some of you listening can probably relate if you are in the women's hair industry or honestly just the hair industry in general after so long when i used to do women's hair after so long of doing like a highlight or a balayage or something like that I would start having this feeling in my shoulder blade and it felt like someone was taking a lighter and just like holding it up to my shoulder blade. Like it was constantly fucking burning and maybe it was like posture or something like that. But I don't know. To me, it's just the grueling effects of being a hairstylist. I (laughs) literally used to have to wear, I still wear a brace on my wrist, but it was like a lot worse whenever I did women's hair and I was foiling all the time. Yeah. Like I had to have a wrist brace for... Pretty much the entire time I did women's hair. It's hard on your body. And I feel like that's one thing that's not talked about enough. Because, you know, 
because oh we're not outside in the sweltering heat like sweating our asses off covered in dirt you're inside it can't be that bad yeah you're in it all it feels great in here wish i wish i worked in here every day yeah i'm sure you fucking do standing in the same spot for 10 hours I'm sure you do. Right. Having the same conversation with 10 clients a day. I'm sure you do. Sure. Sure. You want to trade? <laughs> Come on. Just try it for yeah. one day and then tell me how easy it is to be a hairstylist. Honestly. I wish I could say that to people. Yeah. But, but you honestly, can't. Because they're like. like <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of people say I could never do your job. And it's just like, thank you. I'm glad you know that. Yeah. A lot of my, the clients that appreciate me definitely, they're like, I could never do what you do for a living. And I'm like, honestly, the technicality of being a hairstylist, like to me, cutting hair is not that hard. No, I mean, it definitely takes skill, but. Yeah, it takes, for me, it takes fucking patience. Being a hairstylist takes so much patience. For one, if you take walk-ins regularly, you never know who's coming through that door, right? You know, if you're not like somebody who has who's booked out for months, if you take walk-ins, you kind of never really know who's coming through that door. Right. So you have to constantly be prepared for any hair type, any situation. Somebody could Anybody's have... attitude, who they are. Right. Like when you have a regular clientele, you know what to expect for the most part. Like everyone goes through stuff in their life and your clients might have some like crazy shit happening but when you're just taking walk-ins you can literally get anybody right and they can like that can make or break your day it's very similar to being a server like when you're in the restaurant industry because you have to constantly be prepared for whoever walks through and however what whatever kind of day they're having and however they feel like treating you yeah that's true but that's one thing i will say isn't quite as bad as being a server because pe- people are mean to servers. Yeah, they are. I feel like as like a hairstylist, people are usually, usually much nicer. They're a lot. Well, yes. Whenever you're a seasoned stylist. Yeah, that's true. They, mean, do, they didn't speak to me with the same respect they do now whenever I was 18 years old. Right. You and I were both servers, so we know how bad people treat servers that's it's way honestly yeah i'll i'll correct myself i will backtrack being a hairstylist is nothing like being a server as far as like how bad people talk to you but at the same time you still deal with people's moods you still feel the effects of how people are feeling but you just get a more in-depth version and a maybe kinder version as a barber or hairstylist versus a server people just take out their mood on you as a server I also feel like. think about too like how much people trust you as a hairstylist i have i've had clients especially when i worked in the women's hair industry i've had so many clients tell me some shit that like i never expected was coming out of their mouth i'm like oh my god oh yeah like you take on the lives of people yeah. I feel like, like Jesus Christ himself. <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I have all these people's lives and everybody's just told me everything. I just know all this stuff about all these people. But it's like the information goes nowhere. It's like in one ear and out the other until I see them again. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Actually, that's really true. And then whenever I see a client and it's been like a while, I sit there and I'll like go through the process in my brain. I'm like, what did we talk about last time? What did he tell me he's doing with his life? Let me bring that up so it sounds like I genuinely listened. Right. Which I guess I did if I can remember it weeks later. I can remember that far. <laughs> that's the thing about being a hairstylist. I feel like you almost have to have some sort of photographic memory because there's something about the haircut that reminds me about the person that attaches that person to a comment they said that reminds me of a conversation and then it just goes from there. Yeah, like I truly completely understood what you said. That was so complex. I feel like all the hairstylists listening will listen to that and understand that exactly. To them, it's not a foreign language. No. <laughs> <laughs> they, they they figured out the fucking formula, bitch. They know. It's just like, man, all of the, And you have to know so much. Like, think about how many people you know and how much stuff you know about each of their lives. Like, the amount of knowledge in my brain is insane. Think about this for a second. This is very off topic, but it pertains to being a hairstylist. We're just going to get off cue for a second, okay? One of my clients the other day, it was a woman client, mind you. We work in a men's barbershop, but I had a woman client come in. She came in with her boyfriend. She had hair all the way down to her waist. Beautiful curls, by the way. Beautiful curls. Um, she came in to get her hair cut, and she was like, yeah, like... I have a friend or know someone who is a mortician. And she was like, she always told me that she knew when people were hairstylists because they always had hair built up behind their eyes and like inside their lungs and like, in just all kinds of parts inside their bodies. That's so traumatizing to hear. Yeah. But think about it. I mean, we are constantly breathing in clipper cut hairs 24 seven. Yeah. I know Imagine like, how many times we rub our eyes. I was going to say, I know like if I like it's allergy season and I have to like blow my nose while I'm at work, I can literally see like clipper cut hairs yeah. come straight out of there. It's disgusting. Yeah. Think about all the hairstylists out there that eat their lunch and you're not visually looking for the hair that's in your food, but you know it's there. Oh, yeah. Oh, you, you just, know it's there. If you're there. a hairstylist and you eat food at your salon, I mean, you just kind of have to accept that there's hair basically in the air. And it's probably yeah. going to be on your food. There is no way. And this goes for clients, too. If you're a client listening right now, this applies to you, too. If you're eating anything in a salon, chances are... There's You're eating some, hair. Yeah. Someone's hair. It You're might be yours. someone's DNA. <laughs> if you want If you want to get, get weird. You're eating someone's fucking hair. Somebody's Literally. hair ends up in your food at some point in a salon. Yeah, dude. Especially whenever I'm cutting a kid's hair and the parent gives them like a sucker to like calm them down or whatever. I'm like, oh God, like. That poor kid. That poor kid is about to be like slurping on his own hair. I guess he's building up the immune system. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. I just feel like everything that you go through as a hairstylist, maybe that's why a lot of people don't last, you know, a lifetime in this career. Because honestly, everything mentally that you go through and the people that you meet, I feel like you almost live hundreds of lives as a hairstylist because you live through your clients in a way you know your clients come and see you to get their hair cut but majority and maybe some of you all can relate 
majority of my clients come to me and they're just like getting shit off their chest. They're like, well, since the last time I saw you or what, since the last time I saw you, like such and such has happened. I did all this. Oh, and, you dude, know. I know. I love that though. That's one of my favorite things about <laughs> cutting hair is getting the tea on my client's life for the last like two weeks. It's like, wow. Okay. Like, let's tell me more. You're like, damn, that all that really happened since yeah. the last time I saw you. You know hey, what I what? did? I stood right here. <laughs> I feel like I have some clients too that I'll see them and it's been like two weeks, two or three weeks. But for me, I feel like it's been like a month and a half. Dude, yeah, same. I say that <laughs> all the time. Like, I'm like, man, like, it's been so long since I've seen you. And then my client's like, dude, I was just here like a week and a half ago. And I'm like, what? Like, Wait <laughs> like, a minute. <laughs> sure that was on. you. Yeah, dude. It's ridiculous. There's so many good things about being a hairstylist and so many positive parts of my career. I'm very thankful for all the opportunities that I've had in the years that I've been a stylist. But I think it's time for me to finally figure out what this industry holds for me beyond the chair. I absolutely agree with you. Like I love, love the hair industry. And as long as I can continue to grow my bank account, continue to grow my life, Absolutely. my quality of life, Fuck yes. I will be here. Yes. A hundred percent. That is what we are all about, friends. Growing your bank account and every other aspect of your life. Just growing. Yeah, just growth. personal growth overall. I'm just super excited to see what this industry has to offer me now that I've spent so long behind the chair. I'm super excited to see what kind of opportunities exist beyond the chair. Yeah, dude. Actually, hear me out. I think we could talk about that for an entire episode. So maybe we should save that for next week. <sighs> Friends, that was episode four. I had so much fun today. And I'm super excited to talk about what happens beyond the chair next week. While you're still here, go ahead and head over to That Cuts Deep on Instagram and let us know what career paths you're interested in taking within the hair industry. We're super excited to see what you come up with and we can't wait to chat with you next Thursday.